dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Waru Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at waterwaydeshow at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, and NBs, welcome to another Stream of Thought episode via Watery Desho. Show. I am your host, uh, the Subtle Doctor. I am absent of all desire because I wish to ascend to Nirvana by 2020. Oh no, your mic is muted, Shadon. <laughs> well, amateur mistake, Shadon. We've been amateurs for all this time. My apologies. But to... Uh... Recover somewhat from that little gaff there. Um, what I thought Doc was going to lead there was he's going to start saying that, you know, we'd still been sponsored by the Church of Scientology or something like that. Never. Yeah. Never. I know. I mean, look, right, the siren call of money is great and all that, but yeah, um, don't put me down for anything religious at all. What did, you know, what did Maynard James Keenan say in, uh, or sing rather in, uh, I think it, the song is, the tool song is Anemia. Fuck L. Ron Hubbard and fuck all his clones. I'm, I'm down with that. I support this. I, I, I hear you on that. Church of Satan, though, those guys I do like. But <laughs> they have a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they do. I mean, so Church of Satan, like, official Twitter account, if you happen to be out there, uh, if you do want to sponsor, you know, a fledgling anime podcast, I mean, I'm totally up for it. I'm not trying pentagrams on them, mind you, but I certainly am up for it. Now, if there was a church that followed the teachings of Mr. Satan from Dragon Ball, that that's the one. That's the one you should join up with. I feel like that again, he, though, he's the virtuous idol that we need to look to in these troubled times. Then again, though, isn't he also basically like the dad of Dragon Ball in that he's yep. not very good? Yep. Mm, and yet, I mean, and yet, 
everyone in the entire world believes that he's their savior. <laughs> that he's incredible. He has everyone hoodwinked except for the Dragon Ball Z heroes who sort of regard him as a like a pesky a pesky fly around their tail so to speak oh boy uh this is shadan by the way um everybody <laughs> who could be joining us for the first time doesn't know who we are uh, no i i like like how elron hubbard had clones i have clones of you know myself i'm shadan too like shadan one's <laughs> just currently out taking a nap downstairs and shadan three's just doing my tax returns or our tax returns i suppose we should say are you going to refer to yourself in the second person now throughout Shadon version 2? It's going to get confusing otherwise, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, I'm okay with that. Um, please please keep it up throughout the entirety of the stream. Uh, it's all right. I'm gonna, if we go to a commercial break, I'll come back with different you know, shirts on instead of pretend I have to switch to different clothes. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, um, Shadon 2 and everyone who's joining us. Uh, this is the Banana Fish 10 discussion stream. Mm -hmm. The, uh, what is it? The double, double digits. It's not, listen, what is this episode called? I have it written down, but I think I have the wrong thing written down. Oh dear. <laughs> is it, is it called Return to Babylon? I believe it's, according to this, Babylon Revisited. Uh, so basically the same thing. Okay. I'm going to check Amazon right now because... Oh, I just wrote down the wrong title. I wrote down The Beautiful and the Damned, which is the episode 11 title. Coming so... very soon to a stream near you. Right, right. Okay. Let me just... For my <laughs> notes, Babylon 5 Revisited. No. Were you a Babylon 5 person? Uh, I sadly was not. It was one of those things that, like, it came on after wrestling when I was a kid. And so sometimes mm. I watched it. I knew of its existence, but I never got into it because I was also similar age. And uh, I barely, like, got much out of Star Trek back then anyway. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You were not a Trekkie. I thought you were a born a Trekkie. Not born, <laughs> but I uh, to appreciate it over the course of time. Okay. You know. Um, I mean, for me, like, you know, Babylon Revisited, it's either one of two things. It's either, you know, terrible uh, Fate Stay Night fan fiction, or it's, you know, <laughs> or it's, you know, a really cool reggae song. You decide. I, can it be both, please? And can that be, like, can Bob Marley be one of the legendary heroes that is summoned? Well, he's, well he already war? Oh. Ooh. You know they are going to they are going to they are they are going to run out of historical figures eventually. So we have to start bringing it closer and closer. Uh, I I'm going to say he's a caster. Okay, uh, a Rasta caster. I'm going to say so because I mean you know his music was pretty magical, so there is that. It was. Yeah. Hey. Um, but hey, so yeah, I can't wait like you know to come back in ten years' time and then just like you know check my Twitter feed when I'm in my forties and say. Right, what are the kids up to these days? They're playing Fake Granddaughter and they've just finally, finally unlocks, you know, Berserker class Bill Gates. They rolled Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Lady Elvis. That's that's a natural thing, no, I feel jo like. Johnny, Johnny Cash and his noble phantasm, <laughs> the ring of fire. Yes, yes. It has to be. It has to be. 
and uh, I feel like Elvis's has to be the Heartbreak Hotel, right? Yeah, that's true. That feels like a stand name from JoJo's. (laughs) Surely there's a stand called Heartbreak Hotel. I feel like there has to be. Oh, Blue Switch. It's got to be. It's got to be. But then you start thinking about like the the blue suede goo from from the clay fighter. Did you ever play clay fighter? You never played clay fighter. Oh, uh, there's no Right, I'm leaving. Bye now. Uh, it was a super a Super Nintendo. I was a Sega fighting kid. game. I think there might have been a Sega port. There was a Nintendo was 64 sequel. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, you got the better version of Mortal Kombat. Um, I didn't even play that, so it doesn't count. <laughs> I can't win here. Well, so there was a character called all the all the characters were realistic looking clay, which was cool back in the sixteen bit days. And there was like, you know, Bad Mister Frosty was a snowman. Ichabod Clay was a uh, a sort of headless horseman type, and then uh, Blue Suede Goo was uh, you know Fat Elvis in in clay. I I feel like when he when Elvis becomes a, a fate uh heroic spirit, it can't be fat Elvis. It has to be like skinny Elvis that did all those movies in Hawaii, like handsome. It'll be Elvis. Gender Ben for a start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the going rate these days is that if you are, you know, canonically male in, you know, modern history and fate, then you will be like nothing wrong with that necessarily, I should stress, but well I don't know. <laughs> It's good. It's, we've read some interesting times there when they finally do completely mine out all of ancient history. Or maybe they'll just keep reinventing, you know, Saber over and over again. Like, maybe we'll finally get that inevitable Monty Python crossover we've been expecting <laughs> all this time. Oh, just, boy. Just all right. I have to pull us up from the muck of, of fate, uh, wishful thinking. Um, by the way, I see here that... Uh, Luther in chat says that Babylon Revisited is another F. Scott Fitzgerald reference, and uh, them all my God, <laughs> <clears throat> the 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 people behind this show like they love them some some F. Scott, and either that or they're great fans of Wikipedia. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Let's go with that because, frankly, like. Oh, does that mean does that mean episode twenty four is just going to be like open bracket end bracket citation needed? Yes, I hope so. <laughs> I like I liked the Great Godspeed. Godspeed. I liked the Great Gatsby, but I didn't like love it. So I guess. So you would say it wasn't girl? No, not doing it. Not doing it. You can't uh. you can't name a book like that and then get people to review it and not have them use that as ammo against you. This is like when Sony did the Amazing Spider-Man movies and they were all crap. So the reviewers, you know, they could do that at five o'clock, you know, on a Friday afternoon, like Amazing Spider-Man, not so amazing. Ding! Hey. Right off the book. Yeah. But I don't know, I guess I don't know. I read it a long time ago. Maybe there's more to it. Uh or maybe maybe I've never re- I've never read it nearly. Maybe the other books are better, but um, okay. Enough stalling. It's time to talk about the fish. But before we move on to episode ten, we have to revisit the um Twitter poll from episode nine, the Twitter polls. So, Indeed. What, what? All right. Show me those results. Read them and weep, my friend. Well, okay. So we had two polls last time. 
The first one, the one designed to, you know, weed out, you know, the degenerates in our audience and the people who are downright crazy. Uh, this is the poll. If Goldzine was the captain of a cruise ship, would you set sail with him? Uh, we end up having 25 votes. 96% said abandoned ship. And 4%, uh, whoever you poor people may be, said anchors away. I'll give you credit. If you're only doing it because you're going to sink the ship with him on it, I'll allow you to get away with it. Otherwise, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> um, the second poll. Is Ash Lynx's character meant to be a female power fantasy? So, Mike, more serious than, you know, his, you know, goals in, you know, the next Titanic or uh, something like that. Uh, <laughs> right. Mike, more serious. Um, but anyway, uh, 67% out of 24 votes at all said no, and 33% said yes. I'm inclined so to, I'm inclined to agree with our, uh, with our voters. I do, it is an interesting thought, though. Very intriguing. So... Shadon has to take a brief uh, break. So with that said, I don't want him to miss out on any of the super fun discussion. So uh, we're going to kick it to uh, a break for now, but we will be right back. Okay, now we're officially back. Sorry, sorry about I that. Threw up the... um, yeah, Doc threw up the you know you're being a fool. Uh, sign <laughs> no, there. no, 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 um, no. Anyway, no, I had to go nip. I just wanted to go nip and say hi to my dad who just got back from work, oh, and also tell him that you know how a freezer had been bleeding as well. So that happened. Oh, <sighs> Fun times. Yeah, we're gonna use it. You know, next time we have a visitor around, just convince one there's a severed head, severed head in there. So you know. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, last poll we had. 33% said yes, Ashlinks is a female power fantasy, 67% said no. Um, one thing I'll just add to this particular poll as, a, as just an observation is, I think that, and this will tie in something I wanted to get into in a moment, with this sort of thing, um, there's no right or wrong answer in my opinion. I mean, even if the authors, be it of the show, or the actual manga itself, flat out said yes or no, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you can't read that way. I mean, this is the old thing, you know, once you release a work of fiction in the wild... Well, you know, it's up it's to you then. It's everyone's. Yeah, or even if you go so far as to say something that you don't mean to be offensive, but then it turns out to be the case because, well, you're ignorant or you just let it slip for any number of reasons. So all I'll say is that if you feel that Ash is a female power fantasy, that's great. And if you feel he's not, that's also great. So there we go. Yeah, I've solved the internet for all and forever now. We may never have any more eggs again. Twitter's going to become a fucking paradise tomorrow. <laughs> 
You win. Uh, not really. I, I really wish. I really wish. All right. Seven, now, I want to get some you help. Got, you got the seven gold letters versus the internet. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So I want to get some quick housekeeping out of the way because unfortunately I have to be very nousy about some stuff. Oh, boy. I love doing this. I did it in Frank's once when we had the death threats about Ichigo's... You get the shit. Right, anyway. Christ almighty. So, I... Just yeah. thinking about that. Just thinking about that. Like, it was... It's just absurd. It was an absurd happening. Uh, if you, yeah, if you were out of the loop, gets... I, I bet there are a lot of people that like are watching Banana Fish um, that didn't watch Darling in the Franks. First of all, let me good. just say congratulations. Great, great. You're living fucking fantastic. You're living on you a are... good timeline. <laughs> I mean, people use the word objectively a little bit too much and often hyperbole, but your life is objectively better than having seen that show. So, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're done it. You... So, just, just to make this very short and sweet, there were some. Uh, so, in episode like thirteen or fourteen, uh, uh, one female character kissed a boy, the main character, and that boy main character was into another girl. And because this happened, there were people on Twitter and the internet that decided that they should threaten the life of the creators of the show. That's what happened. Yeah. So. Anyway, Kim Kardashian does indeed like it, and you know what? That's great. That's another thing we, funnily enough, addressed. I never thought I'd say, you know, or go to on a live stream about a show. Anyway, so to the topics at hand. First off, two things I want to point out. So there's been some discussion. I'm going to ban you. (laughs) Ichigo is best girl. We will not use that language in here. (laughs) Right. Okay. Right. You you sort your first out. Let's actually talk about this. (laughs) So, okay, two things I just want to address very quickly. First off, let's talk about distinctions between original material and adaptation. So, I have a pet peeve here, and a pet peeve of mine is this, is when people say, oh, it was like this in the manga, or it was like the manga. Now, I'm interested in that, academically speaking. I find it fascinating, for example, in the case of Banana Fish, to see what changes they've made versus what they've not. But in terms of canonicity... Whatever actually happens in the manga, as far as I'm concerned, is irrelevant to the show. So if you're telling me that there's no way on God's green earth that anyone can interpret, you know, Ash or Aegis' relationship in a certain way because the manga explicitly states it otherwise, I could not give less of a toss. It's as simple as that. The very because all I'm, inter- all I'm interested in is what the show presents. Like I say, what the actual manga is, as far as I'm concerned... I'm interested in academically. I'm interested in, you know, the process of adaptation. I think it's an absolute fascinating thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like the choices you have to make. What do you trim? What do you keep? What do you add? You know, it's all different spectrum of it. But canonicity means nothing. I mean, people, you know, have made apologies to me before when I used to quite like Halo when I was younger. Even when I was younger, I said, you guys, you do realize this story is completely absent of most of the media. He's like, but it's in the novel. It's in the novel that ties in with it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a flying shit. It's not in the fucking game. I'm a game player, not a novel, a reader first and foremost. I shouldn't have to do homework to understand this. So it doesn't matter. So I am more interested for you all to keep telling me, you know, things about the manga that, you know, would be interesting academically speaking. But if you're going to try and tell me that I, you know, don't know what I'm talking about or anyone right. else that matter, you know, because the manga is explicitly different. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to ignore it. Simple as yeah. that. We'll judge so, it on its own terms, just like exactly. we'll do the show, I think. Exactly. But exactly. It, but, but but please keep informing us of differences, like Shadon says. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't. Um, hopefully, no one is saying, "Well, 
you don't know what you're talking about or or your theory is is uh is wrong or you're not even a theory right because it's one thing to talk about like these events will or not come to pass but your interpretation of a thing is wrong uh mm-hmm. yeah well that that the that all remains to be seen and will play out and we can then i think we can have much more beneficial discussions on that front like when the show's over quite right exactly second point i want to make let's talk about labels and let's talk about specifically the idea of boiler so Recently, there's been the discourse, quote-unquote, a term I'm beginning to hate in the same way that I'd hear, you know, oh, the bubonic plague's in town. You know, it feels about as appealing to me hearing that. Um, specifically on if banana fish is by or not. Nothing wrong with having that discussion, I should stress. What I do not like in the slightest is when people start insulting other people about it. Um, ANN, I think there was a recent article out by uh, Gabamatic, uh, yep. in which people cite signs who harass them. Great, fantastic. No, don't fucking do that. We had this discussion before. Please fucking stop. Like, this is... I'm honestly perplexed at times why people get so tied up in not spice. Like, you are welcome to disagree about it, but that does not mean you need to make personal attacks on someone else. If the, if, you know, if the accusations or the things that are being said were so much more serious, like if they were downright being racist or something, then I might, you know, comprehend the logic behind that. When it's an opinion piece on, you know, what label a show falls on, that's, you know, a bit fucking much. So, no, please don't do that. Like, the shit with Frank's, you know, I somewhat expected a little bit more because I don't think, you know... I mean, that show was just bad all around, but this, I would hope, you know, deserves better respect. That being said, I will also say something else while I'm here. So, once again, just to throw it out there, uh, myself and Dot with Sissap. So... We're obviously coming to this from a particular perspective, and in my mind, I think that it's a perspective that will always limit how we can interpret this work to certain degree. I mean, for a start, we're not the target audience. Secondly, we're not even the same sexuality as the characters, be that bi or flat out gay. So all I'm going to say is this, right? We'll be honest with it. We'll be fair with it. But we're not going to pretend to be the arbiters of, you know, what's right or wrong with this. And similarly, there are people who are very invested with Banana Fish because it's formative to them. It helped them understand their own mm-hmm. identity. That's not something I will ever be able to do because, well, my identity, unfortunately, is pretty solidly, like, you know, set at this point. I'm sad to say, I'm afraid, you know, what's and all. Um, so, ultimately, people are going to feel probably very differently about the show, particularly when it ties into, you know, that idea of coming out and embracing your own identity. So, give people the space to, you know, be expressive about that, to mm-hmm. be honest about it. They might mean a lot more than they might mean to you. Just, you know, let's enjoy it. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's not, you know, be mean or malicious to other people because they feel differently. Yeah. And as for labels, labels are the start of a discussion. They are never the end. Mm-hmm. I said this to Doc off cast, but if I was reviewing Doom 2016 and my review was simply it's a first-person shooter, I'd be laughed. I'd be laughed at. Like, the boil of element, from my perspective, has been done really well in banana fishing parts. And in one particular part, in the very last episode we covered, I thought it was actually quite bad. Because it, you know, totally clashed with the material that was present. So, just throwing all that out there. I'm not angry at anyone particularly. I know in the chat you're all no, awesome. No, 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 no. No, but I don't like letting these things go on, on address because, to be honest, like, I'm of the opinion that if something's stupid, it needs to be called out. Mm-hmm. So, that's all the housekeeping I do. I don't like doing housekeeping. The last time I did it, I ended up having a voice, like, you know, that sounded like Skeletor after he just went, drank whiskey for all, like, a couple of hours. 
So with that out of the way, we're now going to move on to talk about episode 10, which is... Oh, well, actually, may, may, I, uh, may I respond to some of the things that you said? Uh, hit me. And, and... Not literally, please don't hit me. Pow. No, just... Ow! Uh, okay, so uh, I do see in chat that someone was confused about the tone of Gabby's article. Um, and I understand that. Like, um, having read it myself, like, I do see how you could take isolated parts and say, like, wait a minute, like, is she taking a dig? But, um, but you know, like like you said, whatever her opinion is, it doesn't warrant people, like, actively, like, bothering her beyond, like, trying to have a fruitful discussion about the material or the his. I thought that was a fantastic article in terms of, like, I, I wish I remembered it <laughs> because I feel like it's, it's all, like, the history stuff that she put forward is actually quite useful for, um for contextualizing this show and and interpreting it and uh just understanding uh the genre's history and then so it's funny that you talk about like reviewing doom and if you call it a first person shooter i think like i i know that the boy like the term boys love i guess or or it i don't even know anymore if it, if it's a synonym or a just slightly different thing right shown an eye uh, Yahweh, like Gabby's article makes the claim that they're all kind of distinct, slightly different things. But I, I know those terms have like, for, for some people maybe have like they're, they're value laden. They have some baggage and stuff. Um, hmm. But, but I just, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't belong, uh, I guess, to communities that, that sort of talk about. And I just don't really understand the baggage or whatever. So to me, it just sounds like we're having a debate about how to classify a thing genre-wise, and the debate mm-hmm. the debate is between, uh, on the one hand, the choice we have is to call it something based on who the target audience was, and on the other hand, we have like call it something based on the content therein. Yeah. And I know those concepts aren't entirely. Um, without like some some mingling they're not entirely separate yeah. but to me they're, they're mostly separate exclusive, yeah. but they're mostly separate it'd be like if you're like doom is a rated m game period mm-hmm. like what does that tell you about the sort of game it is i mean there's all kinds of shoujo right i mean shoujo doesn't mean uh a thing and that's why i guess usually people will say a shoujo and then follow it up with like crime drama romance comedy action mm-hmm. da, da, da. Yeah. and i just have For always me. found it way more useful to classify things based on um elements in the show and content rather than kind of who is originally marketed towards because that just doesn't even matter so much anyway especially when we're talking about today like i mean there's just as many not ladies watching banana fish and consuming mm-hmm. it as there are ladies so yeah yeah, I think that's, that's kind of where I come down. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think for me, at the end of the day, it's just to analogize. Like, you could say all day, okay, where in this grocery aisle are we putting this tray of apples? And you can argue that all day. You know, does, or maybe we can argue, like, you know, is a tomato a fruit or a vegetable? You can have to label the discussion all you want. What I'm interested in is how it tastes. And that's what I'll talk to you about. So, simple as that. But yeah, sorry to get nosy there, folks, but like I say, I just, every time I see this happen, it just makes me groan, and I can't not address it. It kind of just, unfortunately, rubs some part of my occipital lobe or my, you know, 
the back of my brain and just makes me go off on one. So, anyway, we're going to talk about the show now. All right. Um, by the way, that's not the last Doom comparison that I'm going to make, as it turns <laughs> out, uh, for reasons that will become apparently mm-hmm. clear very soon indeed. All right, here we go. Episode 10, Babylon Revisited. High level overview. Uh, why can't I talk? High level overview. So, the episode begins with Ash uttering the line, Just kill me. Uh, Yulung sees the newspaper. Eiji is an emotional wreck. Uh, what does Yulung see in the newspaper? I don't remember. Um, maybe something to do with the political meeting that is later coming into play. I don't recall. Someone in the chat will let us know. Hmm. But um, well, I, th- well, I think um, I think Yot is actually when he because he enters um, the dungeon area and starts overhearing the conversation between Arthur and Ash after the, you know, events of the previous episode concluded. Okay. So I don't think... I, I think the newspaper um, is something related to events that happen later on, mm-hmm. as it turns out. Okay. Uh, not the, also, not the last time that, you know, that we're going to mention newspapers, because there was one of the funniest little insert shots I've ever seen in anime yeah. related yeah. to newspapers. And we'll get to it when we get to Goldstein and, you know, his old morning routine. Right. Thank you, Trickster. I thought that was the case, um, that it was about the politician being in town. Um, so, uh, Yutlung comes into Sea Ash, and he appears uh, distressed. He is a little emotional for him during this scene. Um, also, we see that Dino is not going to kill Ash because there's a perfect ceremony for banana fish to be used tonight. So, we're going to, you know hold off on the killing of of the lynx uh and in this scene uh i just want to point out that arthur has the infamous utuck mm-hmm. of which i cannot abide are you familiar with the utuck <laughs> where you tuck in your shirt at the belt buckle and nowhere else oh man if you're gonna tuck Who's in you your think, shirt you think he is nathan drake come on <laughs> you go all the way like i mean it's yeah nathan drake like He's running, jumping on cliffs, dodging bullets and shit. Like, if his shirt comes untucked, he has an attack. Like, Arthur is just like, it's a fashion statement. And many people wear the U-tuck, as I call it, as a fashion statement. Arthur! Don't! To just go all the way or go all the way untucked. You don't need to show off your belt buckle, IMO. Catch you later, Lubel. Cheers to jumping by. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have to, I have to say, Arthur is like the biggest tryhard. It's actually kind of embarrassing how much of a tryhard he is. I mean, seriously, if he were any closer to Goldstein's backside, there'd be smoke coming out of his mouth and right up it, because that's all he ever does. That's all the impression I ever get he does. Seriously. Yeah. And all Goldstein ever seems to do is talk about Ash, so I'm sure mm. I'm sure Arthur's very happy about that. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's absolutely <clears throat> loving it. So uh, the gangs, Ash's gang and... Uh, Shorter's former crew are planning to attack Golzine. Um, mm-hmm. Yulung makes a call to uh, his brother, his older but oh, not be- oldest brother. Oh, sorry to speed, but this is the bear wise mention. So, okay, uh, yeah, there, you mentioned before like Golzine and uh, Arthur talking about the discussion, you know, of perfect ceremony for Narfish. Golzine is reading the newspaper and. One of the things I like to do whenever I watch shows like this is stop and read the newspaper's print and see what actually is going on. And the front page of this says World News, and on the right-hand side it says, why not try deep-sea fishing? 
I'm like, holy shit, was that a slow news day? Ah, and you know, and you know what's maddening? Like, I thought that was just a comedic insert, like because again, they're not doing the whole Lauren Ipsum shit. But there's a reason for that because they're going to be making big news with what they do later on in this same episode. I was like, that's insane. Um, <laughs> Try deep sea fishing on the front page. Oh my god. Man. Hello, Blue Sea. So good. Uh, yep, hello, Blue Sea. Yes. Uh, uh, you mentioned about the phone call. Yeah, uh, he calls his older brother, but not the oldest brother, uh, to mm -hmm. give him information on the conspiracy that it's happening with Golzine that he has and something straight out of MI5's Q, you know, that mm -hmm. little like like the little earpiece that like yeah. like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's another like pin, but it's a communicator. Uh but yeah, it's interesting. Some of it he's seen and I think some of it he's kind of put together in his head based on seeing the newspaper. But I actually misspoke yeah. because he hasn't come to see Ash at this point, I don't believe. But um because we see the the next we see the flashback to Griff, um, mm -hmm. and who morphs into Aji, and as Ash is waking up from unconsciousness, he says Aji's name, but of course, it's not Aji who greets him, but Yulung, and he's putting ointment on Ash, and Ash is very upset that Yulung is touching him, that Yulung is here, that Yulung has the audacity to say he's sorry about shorter. Um, he really does seem sorry, uh, but I'll get to that point later on when we do our talking points, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Ash, uh, says when Yulun gives him the key to get out, and he says, many things he says to him in that scene, he says, like, you, I didn't know you were also vulnerable, he appears to feel some pity for Ash, he says, like, head-on attacks you can take, but when people attack your friends, that hurts you. I'll give you this key. You may not be able to get your revenge, but at least you can save people that you care about. And Ash says, well, you'll regret this day. You'll rue the day that you showed mercy on me, which is like, I, I, this is another point I want to get to down the line, but this seems like a recurring sort of interaction, like a domino effect that we have between all the, mm -hmm. the characters here. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And then uh, he gets the key and escapes and then oh my god how guns. he gets the key oh how, no how he gets the key yeah. holy shit wow like, i i was i was expecting something relatively simplistic like mm -hmm. say he nudges the keys to the floor and picks up between you know his feet and then brings his feet up or something like that but no he starts doing the bloody olympics gymnastics you know whatever it is uh, like spinning around it and like holy shit like <laughs> I, is this is he Asher? Is he fucking Spider Man? I, I, oh my god! Yeah, I was. There's a lot of things that can happen when you do that to your body that are not good. <laughs> uh, but he managed to get out, and then uh, it's time for guns. It's time for battles. Well, it's ah, time for but, bullets but and grenades. Don't, don't forget about what happens in the hotel, though. Uh, tell me. Okay, me. so. So you mentioned in the previous episode, Doc, that, like, what on earth are they going to do with banana fish? Like, what's its purpose? And it, here's the thing they do, right? Turns out there's a presidential uh, yeah. candidate mm -hmm. in town. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, right. In, the, in what's called the world's highest hotel. I'm like, well, what, they, you know, could have been a premier in or something, could it? 
Uh, probably analogous for a certain place in New York that, you know, will not be mentioned because, well, fuck that festering shithole. But anyway, <clears throat> so what they do, uh, Golzine and co, is that they drug up this random woman and order her to kill this presidential candidate. Uh, and after the presidential candidate is then stabbed viciously to death, uh, various people bump into the room, find him, like, you know, lying in a pool of his own blood, see the woman there. And she's all sweaty, profuse, like, save me, and then stabs herself. Now, I'm going to very quickly divert just mention on something about this. Like, I think that this is exactly like what they were going to do. With it. Like, you know, if they see someone who's just completely crazy and then kills themselves, and if they can't then identify what did it in toxicology, there you go. There's your assassination weapon right there. Yeah. Well, it's a treat. So, well, you know, that's one presidential candidate gone, I'm afraid. God damn it. And I don't. And I'll bet you Golzi would say it was because of his emails as well. I but wonder so. if he was a Democrat. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Or maybe uh, the CD Republican guys are getting rid of their rivals for the nomination. Who knows? Oh, 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 oh. I do have to intervene. I... Is it worth me now bringing up something about... Uh, what was it called again? It was something that... Um, shouts to Kay from Anime is Lit. She actually... Told me about this. Oh yeah, um, MK Ultra. And it's the most MK, MK Ultra. Ultra. Holy yeah. shit! All right, okay, I'll bring this up very quickly. So, people have been saying like, you know, okay, Banana Fish's plot and the whole idea of using a drug to mind control people is crazy. Yeah, that uh, that was another thing that people took Gab to task for because she said that the plot was um uh was silly, um, and some people took uh you know greater offense to that than other people but yeah yeah uh, so other people i think have said that before as well like oh this is some some zany wacky like uh conspiracy shit happening well about that <laughs> so, okay mk ultra folks no this is not another morsel combat version nor is it as i originally thought because i had no idea what k was talking about when she mentioned this uh, it's not also it's not also like some sort of like extremely ultra violent late 80s anime at the, the MK no, Ultra, the MK Ultra, <laughs> MK fucking Ultra yeah. was a program run, I think, in joint by at least the CIA and the FBI for over 20 years. That's right, two zero, two times 10, 20 years in the, between the 50s and the 70s. And the program's explicit goal was to find ways to use LSD and other drugs to mind control people. Oh, yes. That's like, Our, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. If you're listening, firstly, thank you for telling me about that. Yeah. That's such amazing context to holy fucking shit. Like, you know, people like, you know, save tin file hats and all that, and they get like works about Rothschild conspiracy shit and that people are lizards and all that. <laughs> and of course, I don't buy any of that. But then I read about stuff like this, I think, you know. There is no smoke without fire. So, what do you make of that? I don't even know what to say about it. So, yeah, it's naturally surprisingly not as crazy as you might think. National Um, security is a fucking nightmare. It is. Um, Just for context, I think that the information regarding NPLTRA was only actually brought to light through freedom information requests. um, Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. in the late 90s or early 2000s. So, the person writing Banana Fish, unless they were... Unless they were, you know, in the loop, so to speak, uh, wouldn't have known about that. But yeah, holy fuck, that blew my mind. So thank you for that, Kay. 
what a reveal. I'm, gonna, I'm just going <laughs> to post the Wikipedia link in the chat for anybody that wants to yeah. take a gander and be sad that our the people that supposedly protect us from the shadows <laughs> are doing this kind of shit. Uh, okay, but fucking clean my mind. Yeah, now it's time to talk about Rambo and or Doom and Commando. Indeed, because I mean, when they get to the armory, there is a <laughs> montage of them gearing up, and I'm just yes. like, "Holy shit!" You're just playing Rocky music in your head. <laughs> oh my god! Like it, it was, it was fucking ridiculous. It was like. <clears throat> It just you know, blew my like, mind. It was, was so awesome. Like I needed, I needed eighty synth when they're like taking apart the guns and like refitting like shorter stocks and like clicking the barrels. And if I was just like, oh yes, put on the the bandolier and the grenade holsters, <laughs> so good. On it, honestly, like it's it, this episode is catharsis through and through. Like you've been waiting for like some right retributions come your way and it does happen it definitely happens someone gets fucking turned to swiss cheese and by god did he deserve it we'll get to that soon enough so um oh. let's see I'm gonna find my place in the notes uh oh yeah so one of the first people that Ash gets to take out is uh, those fuckers that took him from his house. Mm-hmm. That kidnapped and him. That... The, the guy, the, the, the tiny mustache oh. and the sunglasses. Wait, and those, those, were, those were the fuckers who also assaulted Jessica, if I remember correctly. Yep. And recently, I have to say... The old, I have man, to say... the old man wanted me to put a bullet in you. <laughs> I know. I have to say, I'm actually kind of sad that Max didn't get his wicked way with them. But, well... It is what it is, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> but I have to say, by the way, like Max is tooled up as well. But how many times does he actually get in on the action? This I episode? mean, it doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like a lot. He and eBay are sidelined for sure, no question. Um, so, oh, um, boy, whenever Sing Suling and uh, the the gang members meet up with them in the hall, it's like, yay, like everyone is together boy i hope this is not a giant trap where they all <laughs> they all get fucked over because all the enemies of dino decided to meet in one place but mm-hmm. um but yeah they're like oh we got to get shorter and uh at one point like one of the fuckers one of the goons is like shorter wong he's dead killed by ash i saw it with my own eyes he was the devil himself and it's like wow what a revealing uh, what a revealing guard. <laughs> he's so forthcoming with him. Uh, he's, he's, he's bleeding out. He might as well. Go at, on. Why at, not? At least, I mean, credit to uh, Singh as a leader. You know, it's like, look, don't tell anybody. This is crazy. It might not be true. We got to figure things out. So Context is key. Except yeah. when it starts, we'll find out later. <laughs> so Ash finally finds Eiji. Um mm-hmm kills a lot of people along the way and uh you know Eiji's calling out for him and he hears his voice gets breaks into the room and boy Ash's relief like I think that they depicted it really really well it was really well shot where the you sort of see kind of his expression change 
very clearly and the camera does the thing where it kind of pans down and just those effects together I thought were really illustrative of okay yeah I can I can be there I can feel that relief you know mm. and he's so happy uh well not even happy I don't even think he's there he's just relieved that Aegis are right. yeah relieved definitely yeah takes and, me to the edge and so he's gonna get him out of there and he wants a gun because Aegis finally kind of I think accepted that he, he makes a couple of uh strides forward I think in terms of sort of realizing the situation he's in and Mm-hmm. Being, being pragmatic about things and but he wants a gun to protect himself and Aji, uh sorry uh ash says that there only needs to be one murderer so you don't need one and i'll protect you and you know stay right by my side don't leave my side ever and uh mm-hmm. so ash clearly values Aji's innocence quite a bit mm-hmm. it's a point i will yep. bring put up a, later <laughs> put yeah i was gonna do i was gonna do the exact fucking same thing but we'll we'll get to that so, oh, let's see. So, oh, cut to Abraham. Cut oh, to this Abraham prick. Dawson. Oh, oh, this pencil net motherfucker. Oh. The king douche himself. Uh, his, I swear, his I colleague... swear blind when... Go ahead. I swear blind when this scene was happening, I half expected to start speaking in the... The mad scientist, <laughs> yes, I am forming the experiments. Right. Uh, the brain of this particular boy, it is most useful for advancing my drug programs. Yeah, okay. Would you pass me that banana fish? No, not the strawberry fish. No, the no, jellyfish. No. The banana. Where is it? Not, the, the not since it is challenged the novel. <laughs> I am not scientist. I am not reviewer for New York Times. What do you take me for? Ah. What if someone did hand him the, the J.D. Salinger book? That would be good. Through I'd the, appreciate through that. Through the bucket. Actually throw the bucket in. <laughs> well, so um, so his colleagues are getting the hell out of the building because they understand. Yeah. And he is trying to get his data and samples and everything together. Yeah, he's got to, you know, get his torrents off the drive, you know, collect his hentai, you know, all his pornography. For, format the PCs. <laughs> yeah. Look, right, I've been working on my cryptocurrency for weeks and i am not letting this shit go it will be worth something someday gotta wipe all the tablets and return them to manufacturer's condition <laughs> um, so he, while he's doing that our boy our boy yudlung slides in and oh boy you just know that something fucked up i mean he just looks like i mean he's just he's a snake you something bad is gonna happen so mm-hmm. he, you know, slithers up to this guy, says, uh, you're the guy, you're the guy that made banana fish that killed Ash's brother and made him kill his friend. Uh, something bad is going to happen to you. And isn't it ironic that the man who made this horrible, you know, death dealing drug is afraid to die, pokes him with the same sort of deal or a similar one that he used on, uh, eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the boy the the man a- Abraham could still talk and process everything you know eBay couldn't talk he's, he's just para- he's just paralyzed he, just can't, he can't move uh, mm-hmm. and so Ash shows up and uh, mm-hmm. is face to face with this guy sees the remains of shorter and yeah what they're doing to it yeah thankfully once mm-hmm. again the anime doesn't like show you know the whole 
nine there. Uh, it kind of z- goes around it, kind of blurs. You the can edges imagine, a yeah. Bit, but you could definitely. It's the show is consistently good with that, and I really appreciate it. And oh man, like Ash uh, proceeds to you know. Uh, pump the guy full of an entire uh, round case. I don't know, as many bullets as I left in the gun. An entire clip. Like, entire magazine. Turns him into Swiss cheese. And just total... like he, keep, he keeps clicking the trigger even after the clip is emptied, which put a pin next, I want to bring that up later. So but it, yeah, that happens. Just like... He just has a look of like sadness or pity or it, it's it's very it's very vacant but it's also sad and of course afterwards he cries out in anguish uh but yeah. I, I think you know oh sorry, sorry since being just no go ahead. something i want to mention is if you've seen i think it's rambo 2 uh there's a scene in no i'm going to trust me there's a scene in which rambo arrives in like a sen- i can't remember the name of the place but like it's where all the radios are he just starts shooting with his m60 and he raises his gun to the air and starts shooting that as well and starts screaming uh, classic Stallone scream, of course. Uh, basically the same thing, which is venting anger, like, just... it Almost primal, even, I would say. Like, the animal mm. motif circumstances. This is where, like, something we'll get to later again, but, like, it almost feels a little bit like he's going feral, in a, in a mm. sense, because he's just been pushed that far. Yeah, for sure. And I've gone a little bit out of order, so... Uh, sorry about that. So b- before I think he, uh, they go to the garage, uh, Ash, Aji, and uh, the gangs, the the young boys, uh, and they fuck up the cars, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that the, the uh, they won't be pursued. Uh, all of them except for uh, the gangs' vehicles that they brought, and of course, uh, which I don't even think are in that garage. But then Ash's special car that he wants to to drive away. And he sends them all away because he's got to go back in and, and see what's up with Shorter and, and eventually kill Abraham Dawson. Uh, and A.G. says to him, you know, look, I understand I can't go with you. Like, I get it. You know, he seems to have some maturity about this and says, you know, look, if you if I ever lose you, if I lose you now, like, I'll go crazy. Mm-hmm. And... As, as Ash no. turns away to leave, uh, you know, AG says, you know, I'll wait for you. Come back. I'll wait for you forever. And uh, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Man. It's very good. It's very good stuff. And I just hope it's not horrific foreshadowing for later. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't think I'll be able to cope. Jesus. But, yeah, all good. Well, uh, not a lot left uh, after the killing of Abraham. So, oh, Ash gets to rumble with uh, Sing, Su Ling. Uh, and shows him that he's uh, in another galaxy, <laughs> especially as Utlung puts it later when he's a wounded tiger, because those are the most dangerous creatures on Earth. And yep. at that point, um, Ash, Ash is pretty pissed off. Indeed, in fact, he makes no effort to offer any context. Like when Suling accuses him of killing Shorter, which he technically did, but there is context behind. I that. hate this. By Ash, the way, <laughs> I hate Ash this so much. I'm a bit conflicted on it as well, I must confess, but we'll get to that because I'm sure it'll be a talking point. Um, yeah. But we'll come to that sooner. But yeah, um, just to clarify, Ash does not explain away any of his own actions. 
I mean, this is the thing I've said before, right? And when it comes to stuff like what's happened. <laughs> oh my! So this tricks, trickster mentions like the best. Like, yes, whenever uh, Asia and Ash are having this super meaningful like dialogue, and he's saying like, "I'll wait for you forever." Like, please don't leave me. I can't lose you. You sort of see Alex in the background, and then it cuts to him fully, and he just has this look on his face, like, "What the fuck? Who the fuck is this kid? What is happening right now to our boss? Our uh, badass boss is like, uh, you know, this is this is yeah. falling in love or something." Uh, but that was that made me happy. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, Ash doesn't try to explain. I mean, the thing is, like, it, it might not if he had even tried to explain, it might not Suli might not boss it. I mean, this is the thing oh, I've yeah, said before no, about, yeah, we're see, about, yeah. about, mm-hmm. about scenes in other shows like Frank's again, where, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that characters need to succeed, but they need to at least attempt. Uh, yeah. But he doesn't even try. Now, well, at least, I will stress... At least this scene, I mean, this one particular scene, I think you could probably understand it, right? Yes, As I can. Uh, although I have misgivings about its overall purpose, but again, yeah. saving that. So, moving on. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, when Singh is thoroughly beaten and intimidated, he, he tells he tells uh, Lung how intimidating he was. Um, or I think mm-hmm. he's just saying that to himself later, but I loved that. He's like, damn, he is intimidating. He's <laughs> but, on another level. Yes. But when, when Ash thoroughly beats him down and says, like, I told you, I'm not in a good mood, go away. And he swears he will, you know, he says, you'll regret showing me mercy. Where have we heard that before? Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, look, I'll kill you uh, one day for what you've done to Shorter. Like, don't forget this. Uh, and then Yutlung uh, is like, hey, Sing, uh, come with me or uh, I'm going to kill all these. Uh, come with me friends. if you want to live. <laughs> come with me if you want to live. Sing. Get to the chopper. No, that's Sing really what they do. Get to the chopper. <laughs> they get to the chopper, quite literally. Like, we get all the audience to get comparisons in here. It's amazing. Do it! Do it now, Suling! <laughs> well, so, like... <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting how good your audience impression is. It's honestly really scary, but I love it. I fucking love that shit. Mm. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, he, like, you know, he goes with it. And he has an interesting conversation during the credits with uh, Yutlung on the chopper when uh, he's like, you know, fuck those old guys. Like, I don't give a shit about the rules. Um, You know, who cares? Uh, Because I think that's prompted by Yutlung saying, like, the reason I'm doing this uh, is is to save you because uh, the old heads at the, you know, the front of the of the mob will not be happy that your group has defied me and or and Golzine. and so yeah he's like well fuck them fuck the rules and he's like well look shorter shorter was into the rules uh and respected them and that it turns out that's the reason that Singh and his crew have been holding back because they respect shorter but now they want to kill ash basically you know telling him all the things that we know and mm-hmm. uh there's this look on uh, Yulung's face when he asks, so uh, how was the links? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, it's the well, most amazing well, it, look. It, it, it smelled great. Didn't really attract any women to me, you know, and all that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was the dry version, but I don't feel I got the full... Fo- Wait, sorry, wrong script. Shit. Yeah, it's not, he's not talking about the anti-person. 
Oh man, like <laughs> uh, it does a delayed reaction from your from your wonderful your wonderful joke. But no, that was quite a look. That was such a look on his face. Like boy, this is a bad joke. To be fair, no, it was great. I love it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Please don't stop. Um, and yeah, that's basically the end of the episode. Uh, when Lung says, you know, Ash, there's. You know, praises Singh and says, "You're, you know, you got something to you. Like you can accept, uh, realistically accept where you are. You accepted your loss to Ash. Like you'll grow from it. There's no shame in losing to him now because he's a wounded tiger. And then that's it. We've revisited Babylon. Well, I, no, I guess we see Ash driving into Manhattan, and Sue yeah, Singh is like, "Welcome um, back to the big leagues or some shit." <laughs> yeah, we're going back to the downtown. <laughs> You know, right. we're bronxing it up. <laughs> Let's go. Um, just for quick, just for quick uh, context, by the way, Max and eBay uh, have escaped separately. They're walking down the highway. I don't know why they decide to do that and think, not think themselves out. You know, let's go find national that, but yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they've all escaped. Golzine's mansion is now a smoldering crater. Uh, Abraham looks. <laughs> he didn't get back no, really. in time. <laughs> yeah, his mansion was annihilated. His mansion, his mansion was annihilated. The is gone. It's well, gone. they do have the other guy. It just depends if they get coerced him to make it again. That's There's true. the thing. That's true. So they still you have. They, they still have him. Because well, they have him. They know. They know he made it with his brother. His brother's dead. Doesn't mean he can't. Not. He was but the one originally. They burned the house. They burned the computer. <laughs> they, they still have him. Shit. They still have him. They can force him to do it. Oh, didn't you they? Know. Did they not kill him, the old man? No, they didn't. Oh. They they defied my prediction, which was I thought Abraham was going to kill his brother. Mm, okay. um, so he's, loyalty, he's still but... kicking around. Okay. Yeah, he's he's still around. Um, but yeah, like so, revenge uh, is a dish best served, you know, hot, flaming, and uh, well, with a full clip of lead as well. That's what happens in this episode. According to Luther, Yudlung also took. <laughs> Also took the other guy because he's smart. <laughs> ah, so fair enough. Then Goldzine is uh, all he's left with is Arthur. So enjoy that asshole. <laughs> oh, great, fucking brilliant! You would do better with a fucking shot floor mannequin than that useless wanker. Honestly. The all right, you, so you that's tuck. the episode. Fucking you, Tuck. Fucking. Oh boy. All right. You want to... Okay. I've been talking for a uh, while. Why don't you hit us? Talking the All right. Let's go straight into the bad stuff, and then we'll go on to the good stuff. There's only one bad bit. Don't worry, folks. Let's talk about what happens with uh, Suling and um, Ash at the end. Now, right. there are two levels I can approach this on that I want to criticize. I'm going to start with the one that's the more nitpicky surface-level stuff, and then get onto the actual more technical, involved, narrative stuff as to why this doesn't quite work. So the nitpicky stuff is... Suling is not an idiot. Does he not find any of this a bit suspect that Ash is literally stood there in front of a burning, you know, laboratory with a guy plugged full of lead while Shorter's, you know, fucking skull is half gone and he's being dissected? Like, clearly things don't add up here. If he had killed um, Shorter, does Ash look like the kind of guy who would have then, you know, gone for fucking mad scientist Frankenstein on him? It seems a bit, you know, silly for him to come to that conclusion. Yes, Ash does not offer anything to counteract that, but like, okay, maybe it's because Sealing is really young and he's still a bit naive in his own way, but, like, there are plenty of clues here that this shit don't make sense. So, I don't know. But that's the thing, right? That's the surface-level argument. That's the thing that I mention only because I want to bring up the wider context of why this is a problem. 
Ash it's, has enough. It's funny of his... though. It turns out that he actually. <laughs> on one level, this is a misunderstanding, but as you pointed out, on another level, it's not. Even though he doesn't respond, he actually did kill him. <laughs> so his instincts yeah. are kind of right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe at the end of the day, in like that, in that moment, right? I mean, maybe he's just like he's got yeah. blood. He's got he's seen red. He's obviously not interested. Yeah, in explaining like shorter stuff. sunglasses, shorter bodies burning. Ash is there. The guy said Ash killed him. Did you kill him? <coughs> You're not denying it. Fuck you. Yeah, because like he said, he's he's a kid. So yeah. So there's that, but there's a wider concern that I have, and I'm going to have to wait and see how the show plays out. It feels like with the introduction of Sue Ling that they're inventing another enemy for Ash when we've got plenty as is. We've got the very obvious major threat of Golzi and, to a lesser extent, Arthur, you know, rival that he is. Um, we've got Look Young in the background doing his own thing, manipulating things for his own ends. He's clearly got a long game on. Like, he's on another level. So we've got plenty of villains as is going on in this particular show here. The obvious and the not so obvious, the overt and the covert. Why do we also need Su Ling in this? Now, my theory is that possibly, you know, this is going to tie into something that's happened to Ash, which is the idea of crime and violence and revenge and all that, twisting people, corrupting them, mm-hmm. and leaving them, you know, broken and misshapen. But I hope so, because I'm not really into the idea of them inventing more villains at this point for the sake of it. It feels almost like Ash is getting a rogues gallery of sorts. Which, where he is a superhero, I would buy, but not in this particular context. Um, but yeah, the whole thing rang a little false to me. Not that that necessarily doesn't mean they can't end up doing anything with it later on down the line. I mean, this is something that I'll get to when we discuss Ash himself and the concepts of revenge um, in a bit, and how it might be tied to a wider thing. But yeah, that whole scene, like, I got what they were going for with it, but like, it didn't quite add up, unfortunately. It wasn't quite the sum of its parts for me. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. <coughs> um, I, I can see that, especially because he's such a new character. Um, mm. And maybe that's maybe that's what they were going for, is they're trying to quickly kind of ingratiate him into the story, give him some, uh, some, some hooks by way of things that were already going on. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I don't think that he will sort of remain a villain, so to speak, or antagonistic to Ash forever. But, or, I mean, I don't know. It could be like you said, that uh, that he's, you know, he's sort of Ash's consequences waiting for him because of the, the cycle of crime and how it fucks people up, or, or he could be part of what changes. Make your 91 Days comparisons now, yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, who, who can say, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I don't even know, I don't know where he falls, it's so early to, to judge and, and figure out, I don't mm. even know if, how much of a quote-unquote villain Yu Lung is, you know, I mean, he's... Well, it's like I said, he is the moon, phases of the moon. Yeah. Sometimes he's, <laughs> sometimes he's, he's very ambiguous, and he's probably the most enjoyable and engrossing part of this show so far, although mm. there is going to be a point where I hope his motives have become a bit more transparent. I don't want him simply just constantly dancing around in the background, doing his thing and playing the puppet master all the way through. Uh, well, a bit you know more meat, that'd be nice. Yeah. But there is time, of course. Well, he wants to ki- we know he wants to kill his, <coughs> brother, his brothers for killing his mother. That is that is the A number one, I feel like, 
top motive. That sounds like the that sounds like the starting lyrics for a rap song. <laughs> Been a one since day one. You live. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he he totally like wants to. Yeah, I think that's where he is, and I think like Ash, shorter, and Ag are at slash have figured into the calculus also i mean i think that like i have a talking point of where i'll address this about you but yeah i mean for me i think his his motivations are fairly clear but it's like uh, the thing i'm unclear about and it's i'm glad that i'm unclear because it keeps it suspenseful and interesting are the the means through which he will enact his his vengeance on his family mm-hmm. rubs hands together <laughs> looking forward to that looking forward to seeing more of that that guy that's mm-hmm. slippery snake but but i do i mean but i hear you if that scene with uh oh, the burning oh, lab oh, oh. fell a little flat for you i get i get you one thing i want to very quickly mention i brought you along mm-hmm. um he has the tattoo i think is it the dragon or the snake on his neck i can't remember which animal it was i'd venture to say snake snake well if it's a snake you know what i really likes it about in this early episode early part of this episode when Yurt uh, sees what's happening in the dungeon, then reads the newspaper and leans back, we actually get a very prominent look at the tattoo. So the audience's like look at this particular point is, oh, you know, Lutz clearly, you know, on the good guy's side because he's clearly not down with any of this. Mm-hmm. But the tattoo's there to remind you that he is very dual-natured, and because it's that ah dragon tattoo. There we go. So oh, okay. he is still part of that syndicate. So that's why they do call pretty- him the dragon. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Pardon me, sorry. Kutsi, oh. kutsi, as they say in Austria. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not quite over the lurgy yet, folks. Sorry. Hopefully, it won't get transmitted down the mm. microphone. I always called it, or, or thought it was pronounced lurgy, but so it's a, it's a, it's a hard G, then. Yeah, lurgy. Okay. All right. Uh, so, is there more, or is that? That's about all I want to say on okay. that particular point, but um, I've got more I want to say on other stuff later. All right, and then I'll, I'll hit us with... Next point. Okay. It could very well be the same talking point that I want to bring up, but go for it. Uh, my, <coughs> my first uh, talking point is uh, I wanted to think out loud my thoughts on uh, is Yutlung's vulnerability an act, or is it real? Because he seems to be like he seems to be a bit emotionally vulnerable towards Ash, mm-hmm. you know, when he's I think he's genuinely he seems to be anyway taken aback by the state of him and by mm-hmm. his love for Aji, uh, and by you know, how much Arthur hates him and, and how mm-hmm. just how kind of uh selfless, I guess, in a way that Ash can can be, or at least that's how you harm him is harming people he cares about and there are a couple of other different scenes uh throughout the the show to this point in which we we see a little bit of that side of him but boy (laughs) when when it comes to like talking to sing you know talking to his his colleagues Mm -hmm. uh or confronting abraham i mean he just seems so vicious like Mm. uh um, like surgically efficiently. Well, he, he, well he is <laughs> he is effective acupuncture. So surgical is the right word. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm wondering, like, because he's such a master manipulator and a, and a you know, puppet master, uh, are those feelings of vulnerability that he shared with Ash meant to be part of his long game? Or are they real? I just, I genuinely don't know. I, I want to think that, that he really is sorry about Shorter, that he really did feel something about Shorter, and that he really does feel something besides indifference or hate or ill feeling toward Ash and that there's more going on besides like need to kill my family, need to kill my family. But like, <laughs> I, don't, from, I would hope there is. I hope but, it at least takes time to, you know, read a book or something. I'll just relax. Play the, some fucking Fortnite. You'll long. just enjoy yourself for five Fortnite, minutes. The art of acupuncture 2018 edition. <laughs> uh, ebook. Exactly. Because they have cell phones. <laughs> ah, there we go there we go welcome um, back fifi uh but but welcome. yeah like i yeah that was my the thing i was wondering as i was watching the show a second time is um what's real and what's an act when it comes to this guy mm. and i think that that's I, interesting to think about i have two thoughts on this uh first off i'll just acknowledge the fact that even makes us think this is a sign of the show's strength when it comes to writing for it. now mm. the thing is uh an ambiguous character like this can't remain ambiguous forever. We do need meat on the bone. Sure. Um, but the second point I'll make is, think of it this way. I'd like to think a little bit that if Lot Young is the moon, then let's start playing, you know, the whole constellation planetary allegory thing. Who in this case would you argue is the sun? I mean, the obvious you, Ash is what you come to immediately because of Bingo. Bingo. And the moon is always reflected by the sun. That's where moonlight comes from. So phases the moon. So this is a very tangled, tortured analogy I'm making here, I accept. But I like to think that Lot Young's vulnerability, the showing it, is genuine. But I'm also of the opinion it's probably the first time in a very long time in his life he's been cognizant of the ability to even be vulnerable. And that's because he's seen it in Ash. He sees Ash as someone who is basically... I mean, we've seen him be full machismo, full Rambo in this episode. And he is capable of that. Mm-hmm. But he's also capable of being vulnerable. And I think that Lot is actually starting to absorb a little bit from that. Like, okay, maybe I can be as well. Maybe I can accept that. Because his hatred of his brothers has been very clinical and very cold. Mm-hmm. Like, it's for something that clearly affects him so deeply. The fact that he shows no rage over it, if anything, is all the more striking. Mm-hmm. So, I am of the opinion it is genuine, but I'm also of the opinion I don't think he's currently quite, you know, come to terms with A, the fact that he's even being that way, deliberately or not, mm-hmm. or B, how to interpret it. So, yeah. I, that's the way that I see it. I think that he's learning. And the funny thing is that that then ties into the whole, as I understand it, arc of the whole boiler thing later. Or not only some boiler, but just more the idea of embracing identity, embracing yourself which is something I'll get to with Ashton, in that, you know, these guys who've lived in these criminal enterprises for all their lives, or most of their lives, under horrific circumstances, no less, they've had to build walls and armor around themselves. But now they're seeing that they can bring it down a little bit, and it's probably for their benefits to do so. Mm-hmm. So totally. I would say I would say genuine, but with a lack of, you know introspective understanding on Yutlung's part. If he was like, look back, he was like, oh, what the fuck was I thinking? Mm. So that's yeah. my feeling. Cool. Cool. That Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> All right. 
Next point. Uh, my next talking point. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about everyone's favorite dish best served cold. Revenge. So, okay. Cast your mind back to the scene in which Ash finally plugs fucking Abraham full of lead. Now, there are two things that happen in this I found really interesting. First off, is that when Ash blows him to hell with a fucking rifle, he's still clicking the trigger afterwards. And secondly, we don't see any part of what happens to Abraham. We get, like, you know, his, like, leg switching or something, and then the pools of blood Mm -hmm, after the fact. mm -hmm. But we don't see him get perforated into fucking mist or turned into, you know, chunky salsa. Now, you can make an apologetic argument that there's a reason for that, and that's because of standards and practices. I mean, this show is violent, but it's not ultra-violent. It's not like, you know, got guts of blood spilling everywhere like I've seen in 90s anime. But I have a different theory on this. Revenge, you see, whenever you desire it, maybe it's even very petty revenge. I mean, I've certainly enjoyed my fair bit of short and fraud at people who've wronged me, fucking up and, you know, suffering as a result. But when you get to that point where you achieve it, you do feel empty. You do feel, you know, unfulfilled. So recall how I've said before <clears throat> that this show is very good at not showing the outcome. So here's the thing, right? That's meant to, you know, make us feel like Ash does, that we don't get to see it and we're unsatisfied. But he's unsatisfied as well. No matter what he ended up doing to Abraham in the end, it wouldn't have been enough to make him feel better, to heal him. It would have just been momentary catharsis, like taking the drag on a cigarette. That's it. That's all it would have done. And the problem with the whole revenge thing as well is what this is turning him into. Mm-hmm. Revenge destroys people, corrupts people, leaves them, you know, as shells of their former self. And it's a cycle that's happened. If you recall in the very first part of the show's run, this all happened because Ash met some dying randomer in the fucking back alley, and then his fucking best other friend got killed, Skip. Then his fucking brother got killed, and now his other friend got killed. It's going out of control. It's escalating. His dad, like, fu- you know. <coughs> his dad or being no, a dickhead. Uh, yeah, yeah well, no. no, he didn't get killed, but uh, his... No, he, his, didn't. Uh, he didn't. His um, he didn't. lover he didn't. wife did. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, so, that's all happening. And then what we see here, like, the violence in this episode is ridiculous. But it's an extension of what's been coming before. We had a gunfight before, which was very subdued relative to this. Mm -hmm. This is a spiral out of control. And when Ash is framed against fire at the end, like, he's being forged in that fire into something else. Something he really doesn't want to be. Because... To go off on a slight tangent here, I mean, this is kind of the second point, so, but they, these are so close things, it's worth me addressing it now as well. So, where Ash started was a criminal life in which he was essentially a, or a slave. And then the path that was laid out before him to escape was through aging. Through, you know, being with aging and learning to become a regular, normal human being. Not to constantly be acting like he's a cornered animal. However, the show is throwing a curveball at us because that path is still there, but there is a different path that has opened up before him, which is the revenge path. And that's when he'll just keep on going, keep on fucking killing, keep on murdering his way through everyone who comes in his way. But... And this is why I think... <laughs> Go on. Oh, but he will do that while simultaneously preserving the innocence of Eiji. In his Indeed. mind, I think this is what he, he thinks. And I don't know... 
if he sees this as um i imagine he's not thinking of his own sort of salvation if you will i I think he's probably just like you said seen seen that an even darker path lays before him and cares about this kid and wants to want wants to protect him from it because yeah i mean maybe that that purity is kind of a light in in his otherwise extremely dark world yep that's right but the thing as well is that by declaring that you know you're to remain innocent he's deliberately dividing himself the the brutes i said before the paths you know that path of normality with ag and this path of revenge that soaks in blood it's a fork fork in the road doesn't mean he can't cross back over from one to the other if necessary but he's very clearly delineated one from the other mm-hmm. so for me what's the show's probably gonna deal with going forward is him and his personality being sanded away what makes him you know a regular human being rather than just the animal that he's softer as betrayed as he's becoming more feral i use that word very deliberately so i'm really fascinated to see how this goes i'm very very pleased with how it depicted the outcome of abraham sepius while I will confess, I was baying for it. I wanted to see that fucker die. It also is very appropriate, I think, to have the way in which he dies be, well, it is graphic, don't get me wrong, but it's portrayed in a way that is very subdued. Because ultimately, no death was satisfactory. Not for the audience. I mean, if, you know, Asher decides to time to that fucking table and take his skull off and then start dissecting his brain while he was alive, throw one idea out there, probably still not enough. And it wouldn't have been satisfactory either. It's a perfect merging of how the audience feels with the character in question. Mm-hmm. I thought that was exceptionally well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to see where this road now leads. Um, weird comparison, but bear me this. In Steins Gate, as what happens throughout the series progresses, it's commented once or twice that Okabe's personality is basically disappearing and being sanded down in so much sawdust because of all the horrible shit that's happening. And he's struggling to maintain his, you know sense of humanity and sense of self. I get the feeling a similar thing is happening here. And the question is, can AG keep Ash, you know, whole? Can Ash be whole on his own without needing AG in the first place? And C, C, is AG going to have to cross the line of his own at some point? Because I think that this, while Ash made... Yeah. A, yeah, AG made, like, Ash made the distinction, you know, I don't want you to be a murderer, but here's the thing. As far as I'm concerned, if you have to kill in self-defense like what they've been doing here, I don't see any reason you shouldn't. Now, that's easier said than done, of course. I'm not going to pretend that it's something you can instantly click your fingers and do. The show has been very explicit with that, with what happened in the scene which AG was ambushed in the truck. But I do think that Ash delineating that actually might be more harmful for AG in the long run than not. And Ash. I think this is my my uh I'll I'll dovetail right into next point. my next <coughs> point here like mm-hmm. uh because what you're saying does lead into it uh just that yeah I think I don't want to use the word fetishizing because that's that sort of ch- I think cheapens the way that Ash feels about about AG's purity but um but idolizing it and wanting to um protect it at all costs right to to um put that on a pedestal mm-hmm. um i mean innocence can't stay innocence forever innocence at some point along the line is 
is is lost and becomes experience you know always yeah and there's a there's a line from gina i'm actually very fond of i'll quote here it goes nice like shelter the boy too much he'll become no man at all mm-hmm. right. boy forever so like what will what would happen to ash if when and if Aji does have to take a life um because if he stays near ash his own life is going to be in danger mm-hmm. all the time and he's probably going to be forced yeah. to make that choice in, and so like, in what? fact yeah sorry to talk, but just oh. to just to mention something that arthur said that i predicted and well it didn't come true but they certainly thought about it they were planning to poison Aji with banana fish and have him kill ash they were planning on using him for that mm-hmm. so they clearly you know know that you know Ag is ash's like you know jrpg critical weak spot for massive damage and they were willing to use him in some fucked up ways to do that mm-hmm so, sheltering him is all well and going to try and keep him innocent, but the thing is, they're going to force that issue on them at every chance they get. And how's it going to rock his world? I mean, I think when it usually people aren't very reasonable when it comes to purity and declaring someone pure or not. So I think even if it was a sort of self-defense scenario, like... In, in Ash's mind, I think that that will, that will be lost. I mean, we'll see we'll see how it pans out. You know, if if it does come to pass, I I have a strong suspicion that it will. But um, but I'm curious to see if that's once that's gone, um, will will Ash still view Ag in the same kind of way? I mean, like right now, you know. Uh, in chat i saw uh, i think belusi and luther talking about you know ash seeing ag as like his port of call like his lighthouse you know his um the last mm-hmm. kind of bastion of humanity uh does that go away when he's not quote unquote pure anymore like when he's had to take a life and when he's dipped his well... toe into the world of 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 ash cuz i mean he's still at that point uh... a per- he's still a person and he's still a person who loves ash and still you know uh, he's still not uh afraid of him and just and i know i understand kind of ash probably felt pretty exhilarated at being back to back with this purely innocent young man and saying like do i scare you i've just slaughtered a bunch of people and he says never i mean that's that's got to be quite a feeling for him but well, just just to... yeah go ahead just, just to follow up something you said there, though, about the whole idea of the lighthouse and what he'll see. Maybe it's, maybe if that happens, Neji does have to kill someone, or even maim someone, or hurt someone. Maybe then it's up and Ash to, you know, use his own humanity, what he's got it, to bring Eiji back in. There'll be a raw reversal of sorts, which yeah, would be fascinating. That, to see. that could be, that could be interesting. Um, that could be very interesting. But I just, yeah, I, oh boy, what I'm saying seems to require quite a lot of uh episodes and i know that there's not an infinite supply of them but boy it would be great to see that happen and ash have to come to grips with like man maybe i was um kind of putting this one part or my idea of asia as a pure vessel uh maybe i was in love with that but like he's still this this man in front of me and he still cares about me, and I still care about him, regardless of how much of a quote-unquote sinner he is. Like, we're still here. We still have each other. I'd love to see something like that. I think that would be really mm. great. Yeah. Um, 
But no, hmm. okay, I'll kick it to you for a final talking point. Um, I don't really have a final point to cover. I think we've kind of, I mean, I think I kind of blended my last two together into one, you know, uh, two-sided pizza. You know, you've got meat feast on one, <laughs> you've got, you know, pepperoni on the other, or whatever your favorite pizza is. Um, I have a final man. one if you do not. Feel free, go on. Okay, so this is more of a, this is sort of a personal musing. Um, it does relate to the show, but, uh, you know, and again, I saw this pointed out in chat as well, and it's why I made these same things in my notes, right? Like, just the, the, the grudges in this show. Um, mm-hmm. there, there were grudges before the show began, and they're multiplying, just deep-seated, violent, angry, hateful grudges. You know, you have Arthur for Ash. You have Ash for Yutlung. Yutlung for his brothers. Sing for Ash. All these have developed over the course of the show. Many of them, uh, as pointed out by Trickster, are for the, uh, the same crime. <laughs> I think what happened to Shorter is is when Ash vowed to take revenge on Yutlung and Sing on Ash. Uh, so... <sighs> There's just a lot of there's so there's so much hate, like in this show, and it just got me thinking. Like, I mean, hate is like it's like a mighty tree that just takes this deep, deep root in people's hearts. I describe and... it to a creeping vine myself. Try eradicate it, but it just keeps fucking spreading. Yeah, or like you, it can survive so much. Is I guess why I can think of it as, as a tree. Like you can, you it can be there could be a storm and the the person could go through a whole bunch of shit and endure, because that hate is there, and that can be the thing that's propping them up, and that can be the thing that survives, mm-hmm. and like, and you can know it's self destructive. I mean, it is self destructive as you say. These things twist people around and send people like ash on these like headlong dives into their own demise their own bloody and violent ends but and 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 you can know that but what can you do about it in some ways i mean what well they what 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 can what can like there's still those feel those feelings burning within you lung and ash Hmm. and sing like, Maybe they have I to would be. Argue. They have to be. Well, oh wait, just let me finish. So they they have to be satisfied. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like something has to sate. Like because just to have this unsated ball of intense violent feeling, it's it's gonna find some kind of object to direct it at. And I think it's just. I guess sort of uh, the the way that people have talked and argued right and and to to address it you know like forgiveness love like that just seems like you are then directing all those feelings somehow on yourself like you're paying for them you're paying that price and that that cost and boy that just seems so 
so shitty. And even if you do that, there's always going to be powerful people in the world that continue to plant more new seeds of strong trees of hate in other people's hearts. It's like, I mean, it's it's hard to see an end to the cycle. I mean, I, you know. Well, the end is there, I would say. It's just a question of reaching it. Um, this, funnily enough, now that you mentioned it, is where the Boyle thing comes back in again. Because what is the counter for hatred? What is the opposite? Why is the antonym? It's love. Of course it is. So, I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out. Like, what what will drive Ash the most? I mean, love can turn say after all. Like, you know, if Age gets hurt, of course Ash is going to go on a fucking berserker rampage. He's going to become fucking Doom Guy. And the next episode we watch, we're going to be hearing the E1M1 theme play in our heads. So, it's... To me, I think it's a case of it's not something that you can quench or get rid of and leave with nothing. It's got to be equitably replaced. Perhaps with, you know, love or affection. To someone, from someone, or both ways. And granted, like, one of the things I've seen like people suggest about the show is but where is this romance element in Bernard? It's like, context is key. There hasn't really been time for like, the show has been breakneck from the pretty much the beginning. I like, there's been not really some, any downside. Yeah. In this episode, we get some good stuff with that. I think that there, we there's, actually... There's hints. Yeah. There's moments. This is, I think this is a key episode where we get both. Where we can have our cake and eat it, too. We get Rambo, but we get, like, stay by my side. We get, I don't, I'm not afraid of you. We get, if, if I lose you, I'll go crazy and I'll wait for you forever. Like, all those fantastic kind of lines and moments like are they're few so but they're he, extremely yeah. significant <laughs> yeah so here's the thing right i made the distinction in one of our previous streams between this show and 91 days 91 days i said was explicitly about the melodramatic you know inevitable end of revenge and violence and criminal activity which is that it would always end up with self-destruction when no one has anything left be it because you start with nothing or because you had everything and it was all taken away from you but this particular show, Banana Fish, like, this is the thing about the Boyle development. Like, I probably would not watch a Boyle of show on its own because it's not to my particular taste. Now, that's not a statement against the, the genre or, you know, the label. It's just not my thing. Unless, uh, you know, I heard on recommendation, you know, that it was worthwhile to watch. I mean, I really like Euro and Ice, for example, and the thing that that carved so with was, of course, the ice skate, but it was also mm-hmm. a good romance. That being said, this is the point where I think, you know, the brightest of Banger Fish... Banger Fish, when I talk about... <laughs> banana Fish. Sorry. Bangers the and Banana Fish. <laughs> Bangers and Fish. Bangers and Mash. Um, the writers of Banana Fish decide, okay, I want to tell a good crime story. And I want to tell a good oil story. But what if I could use the two together to tell a really great oil of crime story where they play off each other? This is why I've said in the previous streams of far where I've said that, you know, you're having these ideas presented of how the characters have these relationships that are entirely power plays, entirely control, entirely ownership. And then here's the alternative. Here's the right way to go about it. You know? Mm-hmm. You've got Ash coming down the path to revenge. You know, he's going full fucking Hamlet here. But who's to, you know, who's to say he can't be stopped from going all the way? Who's to say Asia won't stop? So... We'll see, but yeah, this is this is. I mean, we're not quite halfway through it. But this is such a fascinating way. I'm still really interested in seeing what happens. 
Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned, yeah, oh, really heavy. I mean, and you mentioned the equitable, the sort of Full Metal Alchemist-esque equitable exchange, hate for love, right, to... Take it out, put it in something's place. You need something mm-hmm. to occupy that part of your soul. Yeah, yeah, to... You can't just take it out. Like, I mean, how fucked up is it that the the thin difference between the two between a destiny that is full of hate and fire and blood and one that is full of even if it's not long of of uh of joy and love a lot like the entire difference is this frail early 20 something boy Oh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to Warrior. <laughs> I don't really know how to follow that. But what do you mean? What the fuck do I say to that? Jesus Christ. Man. Oh, man. Life, Oof. man. Fuck. <laughs> this God show. damn it. <laughs> Boy. Uh, I got nothing. But I got nothing. You know, it's funny. Like, I mean, I'm thinking, thinking these thoughts, but they're not... As I'm watching the show, it's not actively depressing me because... Because you see the depiction of love on screen, and there's something, there's something hopeful. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know, like, what could possibly spring from it that, to counter these awful, huge, you know, Goliath grudges of men like Arthur and Yutlung and and Sing, and and maybe they won't affect them, but but Ash has a similar grudge, and, and but but like you say, I mean seeing Eiji and he together is the thing that keeps giving me hope for the show and uh and it also makes me boy. really fucking terrified as well I know, man <laughs> oh man episode 23 the the most awful thing imaginable happens and i'm just there like i'm gonna watch episode 24 and i'm just gonna be drinking straight out of a brown paper bag fuck oh, <laughs> okay all right well this fucking show man. this fucking show um, Jesus Christ. Let's see. I'm going to make one final poll. But while I do, uh, please tell the people at home mm-hmm. where to find you on the internet. Oh, we need to rate. Oh, yes. Do your rating. All right. So, for this episode, the only real misgiving, quote unquote, that I had was, you know, the idea of using Su Ling as kind of a, you know, 11th hour antagonist when we've got plenty to deal with already. But the thing is, that's something that's going to, you know, stand the test of time or not. So I'm, I'm hopeful, though. Like, when I get him into a show, like, I tend to usually either ride it with belief that it will continue to be good and will allay my fears, or I'll be really, really cynical and I'll say, well, it was dog shit this week and, you know, it'll be dog shit next week. <laughs> not the case for this episode. Not the case for this show, though, of course. So... With that in mind, I am ultimately going to give this episode um, 4.25 really slow New York news days out of 5. The newspaper. Go, go fucking deep sea diving as world news. Like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. Wish I had a, I mean, I fucking wish in the modern world that we had a fucking slow news day like that. Every time I fucking look at the newspapers whenever I go to the corner shop, I might as well be reading the fucking Doomsday Rex. Jesus Christ. 
God. Okay. Um, I am going to give this episode... <sighs> hmm. I'm going to give it a 4.75. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, communicators disguised as hairpins out of five. <laughs> the fucking Jay's Bond set. <laughs> Totally. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm half expecting Lot Young like, to have, like, a whole, like, Batman-style array of acupuncture needles. Like, he's going to have one, like, he's going to be with AG somewhere, and they're going to have, like, a load of guys down the corridor. He's just like, what's that one for? He's like, you might want to stand back. He just rolls it down the corridor, and it blows up with the force of a fucking hand grenade. Like, seriously, is there anything that that guy is not equipped to deal with? Holy shit. It's amazing. Honest. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Well, um, I guess uh, before we go, uh, I'll bring up the Twitter polls. The Twitter polls uh, that we have for this week. We've got two. Uh, once again, that you can vote on for the next seven days, and they are the polls. Is Yutlung emotional? Is bleh. God damn it. Talking not my strong suit, as it turns out. Uh, is Yutlung's emotional vulnerability in episode 10 and prior to that real or an act? Choices being real, he's a real person, or an act, he's playing Ash. Uh, and the other poll, does banana fish make you sad? <laughs> yes, or sober and serious feeling but not sad are the choices. <laughs> so. Makes you sober, all right. Jesus Christ, you could... You can watch an average episode of Banana Fish completely tank someone by the end of it, you'll get completely sober. <laughs> like, you do a breathalyzer and it'll fucking go into the negatives. Maybe I should have done Holy Degrees shit. of Sad. Maybe that'll be the next poll. Like, <laughs> very sad, kind of sad, a little sad and not sad at all, or something to that effect. Okay. Woo! Alright. Let's sign off. Let's end this. Tell the folks right. at home where they can find you. Where they can find me? Oh, in just the darkest, smelliest underbelly of hell, it's... No, of course not. That's only where I am on Sundays. Uh, you can actually find me at Shaden1010 on Twitter, and I'm also your Curious Cat at CuriousCat.me forward slash Shaden. Um, just a quick reminder again, folks, I will be at Revolution 2018 in London in the next couple of weeks. Uh, feel free to check out. Um, otherwise, uh, thank you again, as always, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining in the chat. It's always great to have you all here. Oh, yes. Um Doc, when are we going to actually come back to episode 11? We're a little bit behind, so we need to catch up. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to tomorrow? talk about it off stream. We could uh, maybe tomorrow? Uh, I can do it. Okay. Uh, let's shoot for that. Uh, oh, no. Uh, oh! No. No, just think, think that my calendar was showing to the people at, at home, so... You just got a sneak peek uh, on stream of my <laughs> my Outlook calendar for a sec, uh, but no. Um, let's see. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll on work it out. We'll work it out, folks. We'll work we'll, it out. We'll let you know. Uh, and if you'd like to get in touch with me uh, on Twitter, I'm at the Subtle Doctor. Um, please tweet me with all the anime opinions and such like, and. You know, if you want to tweet the show, it's at Waroidesho. Uh, there's a Gmail. Um, 
Show at gmail.com, as you see on the stream page there, and you can visit us on SoundCloud. Uh, or if you're listening to this via podcast, you can watch these things uh, live streamed on YouTube. And mm-hmm. thank you for everyone who uh, is in chat that comes out to hang out with us. We so appreciate yeah. it. Um, and I, they're going to crash all my meetings now, uh, as they, like I said, they've seen my Outlook calendar. Now it's over for me. Uh, they're just oh, going to well. show up uh, at my place of business harassing me about banana fish, but that's okay. Worse things in life uh, than that. Yeah, that is definitely true. So, uh, and we will uh, be back with episode 11 discussion quite soon, but until then, mm-hmm. we are Watery Desho. And we want you all to embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night, everyone.